your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 264 of the Locked on New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today, we want to give you guys a little bit of a break from everything that transpired in Washington, D.C. yesterday. We're not going to talk uh, too much about it today. Maybe we will in the future, but I do think people tend to turn to sports and sports podcasts to sort of get away from all that stuff for a little while. And with that in mind, and also considering the fact that the Rangers play their first game in exactly one week, uh, we're going to keep most of our focus on the Rangers today and uh, stay away from you know what was obviously a fairly disturbing scene yesterday in Washington, D.C. But what we are going to do today is get back to our worst and best case scenarios for every single player on the New York Rangers. This is something we've been doing throughout the offseason, and we've kind of spread it out a little bit leading up to opening night for the Rangers. Uh, We're going to jump into the third line here in just a second. For anybody who missed any of the previous episodes, you can go back. There was an episode where we looked at all six Ranger defensemen, or at least the six defensemen who I believe will be active on opening night for the New York Rangers. We've also done the first line and the second line, and like I said, going to jump back into it here, uh, talking about what I believe will be the Rangers' third line on opening night. And we're also going to discuss some rumors that the Rangers might be interested in a reunion with our old friend Brian Boyle. He obviously did a great job on those New York Ranger teams that made all those really deep playoff runs and made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2014. I think it'd be a great idea, uh, but I will discuss that more in a little bit here. But for now, uh, one other thing I want to mention real quick is that the Rangers do not practice during the day today. So obviously we're not going to have any updates from practice as I'm recording this, but they will have what's being called a game-like scrimmage tonight at 7 p.m. As far as I can tell, there is is no way to watch the scrimmage. And I know some Ranger fans are kind of disappointed. You'd like to be able to, you know, just see what's happening at practice, see this team work on the power play, work on the penalty kill, just interact with each other, uh, just do all the things that a team needs to do to get ready for opening night, which, again, just one week away. But it does make sense from the Rangers' perspective. I don't think they really are looking to allow opposing teams to get free tape on them, basically, because... I mean, I don't know. The the Islanders, you know, obviously the Rangers start two games against the Islanders. If I'm a member of that Islander coaching staff, then I'm probably going to help myself to a free look and watch this scrimmage tonight. And if you're the Rangers, there's no reason to allow them to do that. So it does make sense, even though it is a little bit disappointing for us Ranger fans who would like to tune in. But getting back to best and worst case scenarios for every single player on the New York Rangers, we are, like I said, moving to the third line today, or at least what I think will be the third line on opening night, and I believe the Rangers will roll with the third line of Alexi Lafreniere, Philip Hedl, and Julian Gauthier, and we will start on the left wing with who else? Alexi Lafreniere. I would think in a worst case scenario, and again, we do the worst case scenarios first for all of these players because I think it's best to kind of end with something positive, something that makes us all optimistic about each and every single New York Ranger heading into the season. So for Lafreniere, worst case scenario, I think he would basically have a season that's kind of reminiscent of Capo Caco's rookie season. And that's not to say Capo Caco was a disaster last year or all hope is lost or anything like that. Caco did show some flashes. I thought he looked very good in the Ranger playoff series against the Hurricanes, short though it may have been. And he seems primed to take a step forward this year now that he's on the second line with Artemi Panarin and also Ryan Strom. But Fair to say it was a bit of an underwhelming rookie season for Capo Caco last year, and I think in an absolute worst-case scenario, maybe Lafreniere ends up with a similar point total as Capo Caco did last season, or at least whatever the prorated version of Caco's point total, 23 points, would be in a 56-game regular season. 
I think there's also a situation where we could get a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction from hockey analysts, from Ranger fans, pretty much everybody in the hockey world, if we see a situation where guys like Quentin Byfield, he was taken number two overall by the Kings, and Timmy Stutzla, taken number three overall by the Ottawa Senators, if the two of them get off to great starts with their teams, and Lafreniere does not get off to a great start with the Rangers. And you'll have people saying like, oh man, you know, the Rangers, they should have traded down to number two or number three and let the Kings or the Senators have Lafreniere, and then the Rangers could have drafted either Byfield or Stutzla, and on top of that, they would have all these assets that they received in exchange for the number one overall pick. You could already hear that kind of chatter, right? If, if there's a situation where Byfield and Stutzla, Byfield and or Stutzla, hit the ground running, and Lafreniere does not. And we don't even know for sure that Byfield and Stutzla are going to make their respective teams opening night roster. I think certainly it's a possibility, especially if you see what each of them did in the World Juniors. I mean, Byfield had a six-point performance in one game. Timmy Stutzla just lit it up the entire tournament. But if we're a month into the NHL season and we're in a situation where Byfield and Stutzla each have about 15 points and Lafreniere has six or seven points, that chatter is already going to start. We're already going to start getting comparisons and, oh man, the Rangers, they messed up. They should have traded down and taken either Byfield or Stutzla. Not from everybody, but there will be that contingent of Ranger fans, of hockey fans in general, who start claiming that that's what the Rangers should have done and that that's what they always wanted the Rangers to do. And, oh, I always knew Stutzla was going to be better than Lafreniere and on and on and on. We know how it goes. But look, there's a reason why we all got so excited about the New York Rangers winning the draft lottery, and it wasn't so that they could trade that pick. And with all due respect to Byfield and Stutzla, who I think will both go on to be great NHL players, it wasn't so we could draft one of them either. It's because there was a generational talent, somebody that everybody agrees is a generational talent, available at number one overall. That's why we were all excited about seeing the New York Ranger logo on that ping pong ball when they won the draft lottery a couple of months ago. It was to get... Alexi Lafreniere, and that kind of leads me into the best-case scenarios for Alexi. So I think in a best-case scenario, he just absolutely hits the ground running, does not miss a beat, appears as advertised, and lives up to all the very considerable hype. Uh, he's a nominee for Rookie of the Year, and there might be another Ranger who has something to say about that. That's another thing that's really exciting is that the Rangers have two players who very well could be nominees, if not winners, for Rookie of the Year this upcoming season in Alexi Lafreniere and Igor Shesterkin. So I think in a best-case scenario, he puts up the kind of numbers that get him right involved in the conversation for Rookie of the Year. And you know what? In a true, true best-case scenario, he runs away with the award. And it's a situation where midway through the season, you can basically just pencil in Alexi Lafreniere, NHL Rookie of the Year for 2020-2021. That's a best-case scenario. Something else in a best-case scenario. Alexi Lafreniere shows the kind of leadership traits that we all seem to believe that he has. Because everything, again, that you're hearing about Alexi Lafreniere... I mean, the stats are ridiculous. We saw what he did in the QMJHL last season. We saw what he did in the World Juniors the season before this one that just happened, the tournament before this one that just happened. Uh, that's all well and good. It's great to put up those video game-like numbers, but everybody says he's a tough, gritty player. He's not going to back down from anybody. He's a natural-born leader, and if he shows that, even as a rookie, even as a teenager, then maybe the Rangers have found their captain of the future, and that's a whole different debate. Uh, you know, we did an episode with Kevin LaBella not too long ago where we talked about the Rangers going into the season. It looks like, once again, without a captain and what are their different options do they go with Zibanejad do they go with Kreider or do they hold off and wait to see what they have in Alexi Lafreniere and see how he kind of carries himself see how different players gravitate toward him as this season goes on and does he basically just punch his ticket to becoming the next New York Ranger captain it's not something that's going to happen going into this year certainly probably not going into next year either but after two seasons with the Rangers could Alexi Lafreniere get the C yeah that's absolutely possible in a best case scenario for Alexi Lafreniere I think that's what happens he shows himself to be the leader that we all believe that he is and 
He becomes one of the youngest captains in hockey. Something else that Alexi Lafreniere is going to do in a best-case scenario, he is going to elevate Philip Hedl and Julian Gauthier because it's looking like that will be the third line to start the season. David Quinn hinted at that in practice or after our practice, and we've seen flashes from Philip Hedl over these last two seasons being Ranger fans. Julian Gauthier seems to be a little bit more of a raw talent, but there's definitely some skill there. And we're kind of waiting for a couple of these young Rangers to break through, these former first-round draft picks. And there was an episode not too long ago where I threw three of them into kind of one category here as former first-round picks who have not yet lived up to the hype. And they're all still very young. It could still happen. But those three Rangers were Philip Heedle, Julian Gauthier, and Brett Howden. And again, it looks like Lafreniere is going to get to play with two of those guys in Philip Heedle and in Julian Gauthier. So... Maybe he allows them to take that next step. Maybe he's just that good. Maybe he puts it right on a tee for these guys. Maybe their confidence grows. You know, they know they're no dummies either. They know who Alexi Lafreniere is. They, I'm sure, when they saw the Rangers win the draft lottery, they thought, okay, we're going to be taking Alexi Lafreniere. And now, if you're Philip Hedl or Julian Gauthier, you really have a great opportunity here because you have a chance to play, at least to start the season, on the same line as somebody who most draft experts are calling the best player to come along in years. So that's a tremendous opportunity for both of these guys. And in a best-case scenario, Alexi Lafreniere is able to get the absolute most out of those guys and help them reach that next level because we talked about this as well. We all know the Rangers are going to get big seasons from Artemi Panarin, from Mika Zibanejad, from Chris Kreider, all the usual suspects. But if they're going to be you know, a team to be reckoned with when the postseason comes around, if they're going to be more than just a fringe playoff team. Because I think right now, a lot of us think that it could come down to the last couple games of the season when it comes to determining if the Rangers make the playoffs or not. But if they're going to be a true bonafide contender this season, then they're going to have to get more out of certain players than we're currently expecting. And Philip Hedl and Julian Gauthier are two of those players. And Alexi Lafreniere, man, I mean, if he can help those guys reach the next level, that's when the Rangers really have something. And one other thing for Alexi Lafreniere in a best-case scenario, and this one almost might sound a little bit contradictory to what I just talked about, you know, him being on the third line and elevating Hedl and Gautier, but I think in a best-case scenario, Alexi Lafreniere can move up the lineup and into a top-six role in relatively short order. Maybe there's a situation where Alexi Lafreniere moves up to the top line, takes over the left-wing spot. Maybe Chris Kreider moves over to the right-wing. Pavel Buchnevich moves down. I mean, it's certainly a possibility, and... If Lafreniere just hits the ground running on that third line and he's just producing at just a tremendous rate to start his NHL career, then the Rangers might at a certain point say, okay, we got to move this guy up. I mean, he's forced our hand here. He's forced the issue. This guy is already a top six forward and we got to have him up there to contribute to some offense, especially I think that becomes even more true if Mika Zibanejad is missing to start the regular season. We don't know what's going to happen there, but you might be in a situation, if you're the Rangers, where you feel like you just need a little bit more firepower on that top line. And I realize Mika Zibanejad's a center, Alexi Lafreniere's a left wing, but there's always ways around that. And if you feel like you need to get more scoring out of your top line, then Alexi Lafreniere moving to the left wing on the top line certainly becomes a possibility. But sooner or later, whether it's early this season, whether it's in the middle of the season, whether it's late in the season, whether it doesn't happen until next season, we all know that Alexi Lafreniere, he's not going to play his whole career on the third line. I think we can all agree on that. And in a best-case scenario for Lafreniere, he forces the Rangers' hand and quickly moves up the lineup into a top-six role. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season has concluded, and there are some big-time playoff matchups right around the corner. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.com. 
betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. Once again, that is promo code locked on in all caps and you will get your sign up bonus. Hashtag bet online. Wanted to tell you guys about Locked On Bets. 2020 is mercifully over. It is time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's go ahead and keep it moving here. We will move to center for the third line, or at least who I think will start on opening night for the Rangers at center on the third line. That's going to be Philip Heedle. In a worst-case scenario, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me for Philip Heedle, and maybe this isn't the biggest concern for everyone, but the thing that I can't help but think about is his struggles in the face-off circle. He won just 38% of his draws last year, and he's at 38.4% in his career. So, this is not getting any better, and I realize, you know, Hedl, he's kind of split his time between the wing and center during his tenure with the Rangers. Maybe in the long term, he'd be better suited for the wing, but the Rangers right now are thin at center, and that's where they would seem to need him the most. I'm not sure who centers the third line, if not Hedl. Again, in a worst-case scenario, I think it's a situation where he just continues to struggle with consistency because he has shown flashes in his time with the Rangers. He goes through these stretches where he'll score five goals in six games, and then he'll go 15 games without scoring a single point and you know, kind of becomes a little bit of a ghost out there. You don't really notice him all that much. And he is still just 21 years old, so I think in a worst-case scenario, the inconsistency is something that just continues to plague him throughout this upcoming season. Hopefully, it's something that he can uh, correct in the future, whether it's this year or in seasons to come. Something that happens for Philip Heedle in a best-case scenario, at least as far as point totals are concerned, is he continues to improve in that department. He had 23 points this previous season, which was actually the same number of points he had the season prior. And the difference, though, is that it required him only 60 games to get to 23 points this past season, whereas it took him 75 games to do the same thing two years ago. So he is moving in the right direction in that department. Again, he's just two years into his career. So as long as you're consistently getting better, not everybody can be Alex Ovechkin or Sidney Crosby right out of the gates, even if you are a first-round pick. As long as you're consistently getting better, I think that's always an encouraging sign for fans. Something else for Filipino in a best-case scenario, maybe he comes into this season with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And the reason I say that, something that's very, very easy to forget because the beginning of last hockey season felt like it happened about a decade ago. But if you remember back to opening night last season in the opening night roster, Philip Heedle was not on the Rangers opening night roster. And that was kind of surprising, I think, both to him and to most of us fans. I mean, think about it. The Rangers opening night roster last season included Brett Howden, Leas Anderson, Vladislav Nemesnikov, and Brendan Smith at forward. So, I mean, you look at that, those four names specifically, and it's like, how did all four of these guys get ahead of Philip Heedle in the pecking order. I mean, Nemestikov was traded after just two games last season. Leah Anderson, let's not even open that can of worms. Uh, Brennan Smith, I mean, it was nice that he moved to forward to kind of help the Rangers out a little bit, balance out the team a little bit. But, I mean, how much does he bring to the table, especially at forward? And who was the other one? Brett Howden. I mean, listen, he's he's 
hopefully going to get a little bit better this season, but he also certainly has not lit the world on fire since he was acquired by the Rangers in a trade. And you're Philip Heedle, and you have to start the season in the AHL to make room for these four guys. So, I mean, I think he handled it well. He went down to the AHL. He did a good job down there, came back up to the Rangers, and never looked back. It's not like they ever sent him back to the AHL, but that's going to stick in your craw a little bit if you're Philip Heedle. I mean, he was probably thinking that he had shown enough the season before. He had skated in 75 games with the Rangers the season prior. So you would think that his space is pretty secure. That's not to say you don't have to go out there and earn it because you do, but I don't know. I mean, did Philip Heedle do anything so egregiously wrong in training camp and in practices and in the preseason that he shouldn't have had a spot on the opening night roster last season? I find that pretty hard to believe. So maybe Philip Heedle carries that with him, not even in a bad way, just in a way that, like, I'm going to show them that, you know, I belong here. I'm a New York Ranger. I'm a huge part of this team going forward, and I'm never going back to the AHL again. So hopefully in a best-case scenario, that is the case with Philip Heedle. I'm going to throw out one more thing in a best-case scenario for Heedle. This one's a little bit out there, but just stay with me. So Heedle, in a best-case scenario, is centering the top line on opening night. Now, hold on a second. Let me just say, for all of us Ranger fans and for the Rangers themselves, this would be an awful scenario because it would obviously mean that Mika Zibanejad is not playing on opening night. And I have no idea whether or not this will be the case, but I don't think it can be 100% ruled out given that Zibanejad has had this day-to-day distinction so far in the first few days of practice, and yet we still don't really know a whole lot about it. We don't really know what's going on with Mika Zibanejad. Is it something? He might be back at practice tonight. He might be playing in the scrimmage tonight for all I know, but he might not be, and he might not be ready on opening night either. So we're just going to have to wait and see there. Uh, so in that best-case scenario for Heedle, Heedle is centering the top line. They choose to go with Philip Heedle on the top line on opening night. And while it would be a nightmare scenario for all of us to lose Mika Zibanejad for any amount of time this season, and it's not because Philip Heedle is awful or anything like that, it's just because look at what Mika Zibanejad has done for this team over the past few seasons. But for Heedle himself, it's a tremendous opportunity. And Heedle, I mean, look, he doesn't want to see Mika Zibanejad out of the lineup any more than the rest of us do. But if Mika does not play and the Rangers decide to give Heedle a chance on that top line, then it is a tremendous opportunity that he must take advantage of. I really don't think it would be Ryan Strom on the top line if Mika Zibanejad is absent, just because I don't see the Rangers breaking up Strom and Panarin. Uh, Brett Howden and Morgan Barron, they've both skated with the top line in practice in Mika's absence, so they both have a shot at it, I suppose. But don't rule out Philip Heedle because Heedle has shown more in the NHL than Brett Howden, and Morgan Barron is a rookie, and I don't know that you're going to throw him right into the fire like that. I mean, hey, hey, Rook, get out there and center the top line with, uh, you know, Kreider and Buchnevich. And as for Ryan Strom, he's an option too, but I think they're going to keep him and Panarin together on that second line there, so maybe Philip Heedle is the guy, but getting this chance in and of itself is not Heedle's best-case scenario. His best-case scenario is getting the chance and hitting the ground running and taking advantage and producing some points because of it. And even in this hypothetical here, he's still going to go right back down to the third line as soon as Mika Zibanejad comes back and re-enters the lineup. But if Mika misses some time and Philip Heedle plays well in his steed, then Heedle will have the Rangers feeling a lot better about their center situation in the short term and also the long term because now it's like, okay, we got three centers who we feel pretty good about in Zibanejad, in Strom, and in Heedle, and maybe Ranger management starts to look at Heedle as a guy who, you know, okay, we're going to keep this guy in the fold for a long time here. He's got something to offer, and he is going to live up to that first-round draft pick status. But don't sleep on Philip Heedle this season because, you know, between getting a chance to play with Alexi Lafreniere and just the fact that it's now his third season in the league— and that he is still just 21 years old. It's very easy to forget that because he was so young when he debuted, but Philip Heedle still just 21 years old. I still think there's some considerable upside when it comes to Philip Heedle, and in a best-case scenario, he puts that on display right from the get-go this season and becomes a big-time contributor for the Rangers throughout the regular season and hopefully the playoffs as well. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. 
With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. This week on the Locked On NHL podcast, get ready for the start of the regular season with Sarah Evampato and the Locked On NHL season preview series. Previews of all 31 NHL teams, division by division, and who to pick and drop in your fantasy leagues, courtesy of Locked On fantasy host Scott Cullen. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's close out the third line, worst and best case scenarios by moving over to the right wing and who I think will be there on opening night, and that's going to be Julian Gauthier. In a worst case scenario, I think maybe some of us have been a little bit too bullish on Gauthier. He has very limited NHL experience, just 17 regular season games, and then the three playoff games this past season with the Rangers. In that time, zero goals, three assists. Now, of course, some of that can be chalked up to his age. He is just 23. He's got a lack of experience. Uh, maybe there's been a lack of opportunity both in Carolina and with the New York Rangers. Uh, he's averaged just eight minutes and 16 seconds of ice time in his 17 regular season games. But yeah, you know, the scoring production, it obviously just has not been there in what is, like I said, a very limited sample size. But maybe we are overrating him a little bit. I think a lot of us were really intrigued. The Rangers, you know, they made that trade, sending Joey Keane to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Julian Gauthier. And, you know, Gauthier, he seems to have this, this intriguing blend of size and speed. He's a really big guy. Uh, but maybe, it, you know, it's at least possible that we have kind of overrated him a little bit. He is somebody that I still do think has some untapped upside here. Again, he does have that rare combination of speed and power that we all love so much. Think of somebody like Chris Kreider. I think uh, comparisons between the two of them are appropriate. Obviously, Gautier's got a long way to go before he becomes the caliber of player that Chris Kreider is, but I think the upside is at least there for Julian Gauthier. He didn't get picked in the first round for nothing. You know, he was a first round pick, went number 21 overall to the Canes back in 2016. And I think in a worst case scenario, the player he was traded for, Joey Keane, he was a third rounder drafted number 88 overall in 2018 by the New York Rangers. In a worst case scenario, Joey Keane goes on to have a great NHL career and he's yet to make his NHL debut, but certainly it's at least possible where Joey Keane has a great NHL career and Julian Gauthier just does not just be as simple as that. And then the Rangers come out on the short end of that trade. And I think also in a worst case scenario, Julian Gauthier doesn't make the roster on opening night. That's at least possible. I expect him to be out there probably on the third line, like I said, but if he has a poor couple of practices, somebody else steps up. We've seen the Rangers. They don't hesitate to make changes. If somebody is getting the job done and somebody else is not, uh, they will act on it. They don't care when you got drafted. They don't care how old you are or whatever it might be. They're going to go with the guys that they believe give them the best chance to win. But I think in a best case scenario, Gautier starts to get the most out of that six foot four, 225 225-pound frame of his. 
and he uses that speed-strength combo that we just talked about a second ago. And I think also, in a best-case scenario, Julian Gauthier lights the lamp on opening night. Let's get that first career goal out of the way and just go from there. You know, 20 games without a goal is a long time, whatever the circumstances might be. You know, lack of opportunity, lack of ice time, lack of quality line mates. Uh, let's see Julian Gauthier bury one on opening night, preferably in the first period. Just get that one out of the way, get the puck for him, and he's on his way off and running this season with the Rangers and, you know, taps into some of that upside that we've been talking about on this podcast. You know, maybe at some point, Gautier even plays so well that he ends up getting some time on the Ranger power play unit. It's possible. Might be tough, especially now that Alexi Lafreniere is now on the team. And you got to figure he's going to be out there on the man advantage. But we'll see. You know, it's not the craziest idea. We did see Brendan Lemieux get some run with the man advantage last season, so maybe Gautier can work his way into that role in a best-case scenario. There's definitely a wide range of outcomes when it comes to Julian Gautier, both short-term and long-term. And part of the reason for that is is that we're just not entirely sure what we have yet. Again, just 20 career NHL games, that's combining the regular season and the playoffs, and he's still very much a work in progress. But in a best-case scenario, like I said, he gets that first goal out of the way early this season and just kind of takes off from there and becomes a reliable presence uh, on that third line there. One last thing that I wanted to cover today, we talked about this a little bit in the intro, but there is a rumor that the Rangers might be interested in bringing Brian Boyle back into the fold I am all for this because I think there's a lot of little things he does that can really help this Ranger team. First of all, let me get this out of the way. I just really like Brian Boyle. I thought he did a great job with the Rangers when he was here the first time around. I realize he's a little bit older now, but he was a big-time contributor for this team during several lengthy playoff runs. And one area where he could absolutely help the Rangers is in the face-off circle because this is something we've talked about on here. I really think that face-off wins is an underrated stat, and we've also discussed, we went through it individually. We looked at every single Ranger center from last season and took a look at how they fared in the face-off circle, and we also saw that every single Ranger center was under 50%, and in some cases, well under 50%. So just to take it a little bit of a step further, give you guys some more context here, here are some stats on the Rangers face-off last season, and be forewarned, it is not pretty. So the Rangers last season, 31 teams in the NHL. The Rangers were 30th overall in the league at winning faceoffs at 46.6%. They were 30th in the league at 5 on 5 and 26 while shorthanded. They were also second to last on faceoffs in the defensive zone, both overall and at 5 on 5, and they ranked 20th in the defensive zone while shorthanded. That is not good. And it's an area where Brian Boyle can definitely help us because if you look at his career over his past nine seasons in the NHL, Brian Boyle, the worst he's done in the faceoff circle is a 50.5% winning percentage. It's funny because his first four seasons in the league, Brian Boyle was not a good faceoff man. He was under 50% for all of his first four seasons. But then since 2011-2012, Boyle has one more faceoffs than he's lost in every single season. Last season with the Florida Panthers, he won 52.4% of his draws. And the worst he's done in the last nine seasons, that occurred in 2017-2018 with the New Jersey Devils. And even that season, he won more than half, 50.5% of his faceoffs. So when you've got an entire team that struggles to win faceoffs and you've got somebody who can come in and immediately rectify that situation and do it for probably what's going to be just a six-figure contract, I think you try to make that happen if you're the New York Rangers. He also brings size and toughness and some snarl, which we all like as Ranger fans. And he brings a lot of veteran leadership as well. He knows what it's like to play in New York. And I saw a stat the other day. It listed the 31 NHL teams from youngest average age to oldest average age. And they obviously had to project what they think the opening night rosters will be for every single team. But the Rangers were the youngest team in the NHL at just an average age of just 25.0. So it's okay to have a couple veterans. You know, I realize, you know, the Rangers are a rebuilding team. There might be some people out there wondering, what do you want the Rangers to sign Brian Boyle for? He's 36 years old. His best days are behind him. I get it. 
but it's still okay to have, you know, two or three veterans in the room. And he's also somebody who just demands a ton of respect as a cancer survivor. He had to miss some time with the New Jersey Devils a couple seasons ago because, you know, he was undergoing treatment. And then he came back, scored a goal in his first game back. He also recorded a hat trick on Hockey Fights Cancer Night the following season against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But just look at everything you're getting here with Brian Boyle and what you'll probably be getting with a very uh, cheap contract as well. He's going to play physical. He can kill penalties. He's going to help the Rangers tremendously in the faceoff department. When you've got a clutch situation and you need a faceoff win late in the game, I think you put Brian Boyle out there. And you know what? You could even throw him out there on the power play from time to time just to be a big body in front of the net, screening the goalie and occasionally stuffing in a dirty goal right there in the crease. Uh, one thing I have to call attention to that's kind of crazy because, you know, I hear, oh, well, the Rangers are looking at Brian Boyle. They might be interested in bringing him back. Okay, that's great. Uh, it'd be so cool, you know, to see him back in there. I'm sure his former teammates would welcome him with open arms. And then you remember... He only has one teammate left on the Rangers that was there during his first tenure with the team, and that's Chris Kreider. Now, if the Rangers had brought Brian Boyle back last year, it'd be a little bit different because Henrik Lundqvist was still there, Jesper Foss was still there, Mark Stahl was still there, but it really is crazy to think, wasn't that long ago that Brian Boyle was on the Rangers, and yet, if he were to come back this season, Chris is the only teammate remaining from the last time he was there, so... Yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there as well. But I'm all for bringing back Brian Boyle for all the reasons that I just mentioned. I think he brings a lot of things to the table for the New York Rangers that they're lacking a little bit right now. And I, th I just think he can help being that veteran presence in the lineup. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you as always for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And we will be having our fantasy hockey draft coming up on Tuesday. We have 16 people signed up. We can cap it there, or we still do have four spots open. If you are still interested, definitely get in touch with me much sooner than later, because at some point we got to finalize the league and get ready to go for the draft. So yeah, reach out quickly, either send me an email or DM me on Twitter. We'll get you signed up. And I also just wanted to mention this real quick. There's somebody on Twitter who's been DMing me about joining the Fantasy Hockey League, but for whatever reason, and I cannot figure this out, I can't respond to you via DM. Maybe it's something in your settings. It could be something in my settings. I'm not really sure. But for that individual who's been reaching out and asking about the league, I believe you've DM'd me twice. Uh, send me an email instead, because like I said, I can't respond to you on Twitter. I don't know what's going on there. But if you send me the email, uh, we can get you all signed up there. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.